All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your love. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you that your mysteries are going to be revealed to us in this time. Lord, we thank you for every person here, every child, every adult. We thank you for their lives. And we pray, God, that as we obey you in holy communion, as we obey you and we do what you told us to remember you by eating your body and drinking your blood, the cracker and the wine you told us represents your body and your blood, that you, God, by your Holy Spirit, would come in power and might into our bodies this morning into our souls, into our spirits. Because, Lord, you are true and amen. You are the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but through you. So, Jesus, as we partake, we believe that your body, your DNA, your spirit enters our body, we become one through the marriage supper of the Lamb. We praise you this morning and we pray for your revelation by your Holy Spirit to each person here that you would speak to each heart what you want them to know, what you want them to be sure of. And we praise you in Jesus' name. So we're going to read the word together, and it is the Last Supper. And it's this, in this book, the book of Luke, it's chapter 22, Luke 22, and verse 14. Now, remember, when we do Holy Communion, right, we have the bread. That is the, can you hold up the bread? So that's, Jesus said to his disciples, he held up the bread to them, just like you. And he said, this is my body. So he was telling us that he was creating a miracle in us, that when we partake of his body, through just eating the cracker, just eating the bread, that he comes into us. He comes into our hearts, our minds, and our bodies. And then he held up the cup, and he said, this is my blood. And what was he talking about? Because he hadn't even been crucified yet. He was going to be. He was going to go on the cross, and he was going to shed his blood. He was going to be tortured and beaten for us so that we could have forgiveness of sin. So this is such a special time for us this morning. And I really felt like God was like, even if there's a couple people, you eat my body and you drink my blood. You partake of me. In other words, we put Jesus in our life. He comes in. 
Because you know what? He's never going to force himself on anybody. He's never going to say, you have to do this and make you robots that just follow Jesus. We were talking about it this morning on the porch, weren't we, boys? What's different when we follow Jesus? And so how we know, part of how we know is what Jesus said, and this was right before the soldiers came and took him. Can you imagine right now if soldiers came in the door and came over and got grandpa and said, you're going to jail because you're preaching the gospel. And that can happen in America. It has happened in many other countries. Many other countries, pastors are being arrested every time they preach the gospel. But we have to choose to follow Jesus because, like, what did we say this morning? You don't have to wait until you die to have eternal life. Because the minute that you believe in Jesus, you have eternal indestructible, right, Jack? Indestructible, which means you can never be what? Destructed, (laughs) destroyed. You get eternal life through Jesus, through his power, his blood. So let's stand up and read the scripture together in honor of God's word. So we're going to stand up together and we can read along. Luke twenty-two fourteen. When the let's read together. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them. I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, and he gave thanks and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body. Let's say that again. This is my body, given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. And we'll stop there. Thank you, Joe. All right, so let's take our bread and hold it up to Jesus. Let's think about Jesus on the cross and what he did for us. Lord, we thank you for the body that you gave for us, for our healing. That through your brokenness, our bodies, our minds, and our spirits are healed in the name of Jesus. Let's break the bread and partake, okay? Let's partake.
We thank you, God, for your body. We thank you that your word says that by your stripes, the stripes that you took on your back, we are healed. And we thank you for that healing this morning in Jesus' name. And then we're going to take the wine. We hold it up to Jesus. We say, Jesus, thank you for shedding your blood for us that we could be forgiven. Let's partake. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, we just pray as we take communion together that miracles will happen, that your spirit will come on us and in us, around us, protecting us, strengthening us, Lord. We thank you that you have provided this simple meal to bring us into your presence, to bring us into the will of God, to bring us into your purpose. And we pray for that this morning, that your purpose would be fulfilled in our life. We thank you, Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Joe, I didn't know you were going to be here, but so I have the scriptures for you if you want them. Second Samuel. We're going to go from chapter 23 in 2 Samuel, verse 8 through 39. And then there's only one more, and that's John. Okay. I follow Jesus. What's that? John 14, verse 12 through 14. Thank you, Jesus. God is good, amen? Amen. <clears throat> well, Ollie, come here. I got a job for you to do. Ready? Come here. Come here. Hold on, wait. I'll tell you when. Come over here. Stand right here next to me. So Ollie got the mess memo from God that this must be holy ground because the first thing he did when he came into the church is he was running so fast that he flung his sandals off somewhere and he's running around on barefoot now. And it was amazing because we camped out last night with the kids and that boy ran around in his socks without shoes. I had to keep hollering, Ollie, get your sandals. And he was like running around without him. He was just having a blast, which was great. But so we're going to pray really quick. So Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you would bless this offering that we're taking, Lord God, up for your kingdom, where rust and moth will not devour. I thank you and I praise you for what you're going to do in this place and how you're working in the lives of those that are here and those that are online listening. I pray that you would bless them abundantly. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, go.
Amen. Amen. So like I was saying, last night we camped out across the pond and we were just blessed. We had such a good time. The weather was great. We had our four grandsons, Ephraim, Gabe, Jackson, and Ollie, and our two granddaughters, Julie and Grace, which were great helpers. And they're going to go to camp again, the older kids. They're leaving again today. So they just got a fun-filled week. <clears throat> so I just pray right now that you would bless them, give them a great week. I pray that the weather would be good for them. I pray that they would have fun in Jesus, make new friends, be safe, and that, Lord, you would protect all of our children and grandchildren in Jesus' name as they go to camp at our friend Daryl's church. Uh, but we had a great time, and we did a lot of things, and I actually owed uh, Jackson a dollar because he caught the first fish out of the pond. So I owe him a dollar for that. It was tough fishing because it was pretty weedy, but they kids were troopers, and they fought through. <clears throat> I did something that my grandfather did for me when I was younger, when he took me fishing one time, and that is that they took the tractor with a little trailer, and they backed the trailer right up into the pond, and they made it a dike, and I was able to do that last night with our own grandkids, which I, was, I told my wife about, which that was a moment I never forgot, because, you know, with my grandfather, them riding in the tractor, thinking, how are we going to fish with all these weeds? And then they just took the tractor and the trailer and they backed it and put the trailer right in the pond and we had our own portable dock. It was great. So we're making memories as a family and hopefully these memories, these kids will remember for the, all their days of their lives. But the one thing we didn't get to do last night was talk about stories around the campfire. We just talked about their camping trips and other things, but we didn't really talk much about stories. We didn't have really campfire stories. So I thought this morning I would share some stories. Some of my favorite stories in the Bible. <clears throat> and these are the mighty men of King David, mighty warriors. When I was a child growing up, I always wanted to be a warrior. Right? Didn't you kids, don't you kids want to be a warrior? When you grow up, be strong, a warrior, a hero. Help people, save people, be strong and mighty. Well, I always wanted to be a warrior as a kid. And I would go out in my backyard and I would dig uh, foxholes with shovels when I was little. And I would dig these massive, huge foxholes. And I would get in there and I would play war and I would be, I would imagine war even if it was by myself and all I had was a stick for a gun. I would run and the enemy would come and attack 
in my imagination, I would run and I'd jump in my foxhole, grab my weapon and turn around and start shooting like it was a machine gun. I dug so many holes in my backyard as a kid growing up that my grandfather hollered at me because he couldn't mow the lawn with his riding lawn tractor because I had all these holes dug. You know, have you ever seen the movie Holes? Where the kids went out and they had to dig for this treasure? Well, that's what my backyard looked like, a whole bunch of holes. I had a lot of fun as a kid doing that. But you know, King David had mighty men. And you remember King David? King David was no slouch himself. King David was a mighty man in himself. King David slew a bear and he slew a lion with his bare hands. And then King David, as a young child, who wasn't even old enough to go to war, went up to go to see his brothers and see how the battle was going when he heard this Philistine out there taunting the men of Israel. And he even said to, the, to his, who is this? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine taunting the army of God? And King David went out and he slew a giant. As a young man, wasn't even old enough for, for war, he was considered. But King David had faith in God. He was a mighty man in himself. And When he slew the giant, it kind of made King David like a celebrity, right? Kind of famous, right? He kind of got famous when he slew the giant Goliath because Goliath was a warrior that all of the armies of Israel were afraid. All the men in the army of Israel were afraid of Goliath because Goliath was a battle-hardened warrior already. But King David, a young man, went out there and faced the giant, and he defeated him. And it made King David famous in Israel. It made him famous so that King Saul at that time kind of got angry and jealous at David. Because of his, everybody loved King David. And Saul kind of got jealous. So what happened was Saul, in his anger, tried to kill King David many times. So King David, he wasn't even king, even though he was anointed by the prophet Samuel to be the king. He wasn't because King Saul was still alive at the time. But it made King Saul so jealous about all of that that, King, that David fled to the wilderness. You know how like we camped out last night in tents? Well, David would camp out in the wilderness. And because of his fame, all of these men 
just loved David, and they all came to David. They all felt loyal to David. And it was during that time that these mighty men who were loyal to David joined him in the wilderness. Some of these mighty men, as we'll read here in 2 Samuel, and I think all you kids and everybody out there should read these because these are all Men that have accomplished great feats have done extreme heroic things. And not only that, but these are also, we can relate to these mighty men through our own spiritual battles that we have to face. Like we all have giants out there that we have to face like David had to face. Right? These mighty men have all faced these, and done these great things, and we can learn a lot. We can learn a lot of spiritual lessons from these mighty men. So in 2 Samuel chapter 23, verses 8 through 39, it says this. i got to move this over here, and I, I promise I'm not going to preach too long because I'm kind of tired. Didn't get much sleep last night. I don't think Ephraim and Gabe slept at all. A wink. So I know I know who did sleep very well though is Jackson and Ollie because they snore like freight trains. <laughs> so we heard them sleeping last night, and I think it was either Julia or Grace was snoring too. But anyways. These are the names of David's mighty men. Now, you might have to forgive me if I mispronounce some of these names. Joseph Beshebeth. He was a Tecumanite. He was the chief of three. He raised his spear against 800 men. Whom he killed in one encounter. Now is that pretty amazing? One man against 800 and he won. All of them. Next to him was Eleazar son of Dodai. The Ahohite. As one of the three mighty men. He was with David when he taunted the Philistine. Gathered at Pass Damon for battle. Then the men of Israel retreated, but Eleazar, he stood his ground and struck down the Philistines till his hand grew tired and froze to the sword. The Lord brought about a great victory that day. The troops returned to find Eleazar, but only to strip the dead. In other words, Eleazar defeated the whole Philistine army, and all they had to do was plunder, pick up all of the gold and silver off of these men. 
That's amazing, isn't it? It says that he grew so tired of fighting that his sword just kind of like became one with his hand. Next to him was Shammah. And you've heard me preach about Shammah before. Shammah. Jehovah Shammah is one of the names of God. Shammah is one of the names of God, meaning that God is there. Jehovah Shammah. Son of Agai, the Heretite. When the Philistines banded together at a place where there was a field full of lentils, Israel troops fled from them. But Shammah took his stand in the middle of the field. He defended it and struck the Philistines down. And the Lord brought about a great victory. I got to do it because I do it every time I read that. Can you imagine Shama, the warrior, in the middle of a field? And after you worked hard, you've planted a garden, right, Jackson? And you've been weeding it and you've been tending it and taking care of it. Well, you can imagine Shama planting this huge field of lentils, which lentils are like beans. Planted this huge field of lentils. Took care of it, weeded it, watered it, made sure it grew. And then just before it was time to pick all the fruit and the, and the harvest of all those beans, an army would come and they would steal them. And they would make the Israelites run away. Then the army would come in and harvest the crop and take all of that hard work that you did for them and leave you nothing. So Shama, he's like, I had enough. Enough is enough. And he stood in the middle of the field, and he's like, I am not going to leave this field so that my enemy, the Philistines, can steal all my hard work. Jehovah Shama, and I can hear him just say, my name is Shama, which means God is there. God is with him. God was there. And he defeated the whole Philistine army. <clears throat> I got to look at my place here. At that time, oh, let's see. During the harvest time, three of the 30 chief men came down to David at the cave of Adalim. See, David fled to the wilderness into the cave of Adalim. While a band of Philistines was encamped in the valley of Rephim at that time, David was in the stronghold, and the Philistine garrison was at Bethlehem. David longed for water and said, Oh, that someone would get me a drink of water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem. I want to go back to something because the Lord just spoke to my mind and said that sometimes in our lives, in our lives, there will be times when we will have to stand our ground. Amen? That was a spiritual lesson right there with Jehovah Shammah. That sometimes we will have to stand our ground. And another time 
the Lord just reminded me that other times we will have to fight. And we will have to fight and we will have to stand our ground. Just like Eleazar did. Just like Joseph Bethsabeth. Bathshebeth did. And just like Shama stood his ground and fight for what's right. And another time, Lord showed me right now that this message here with the three guys going down to get water from the well of Bethlehem for King David is a devotion, a devotion to David, like we need to have that devotion to God, to be devoted enough to go down in the midst of the army and draw a cup of water out of the well of Bethlehem and bring it back to your leader. Sometimes God will call us to do these great things. Our, the question is, will we step up and be the mighty men and women that God's called us to be? All right, moving on. So the three mighty men broke through the Philistine lines, drew water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem, and carried it back to David. But he refused to drink it. Instead, he poured it out before the Lord. He said, far be it for me, O Lord, to do this, he said. It is not, is it not the blood of the men who went at the risk of their own lives and David should not drink it? Such were the exploits of the three mighty men. Abishiah, the brother of Joab, son of Zariah, was chief of the three. He raised his spear against 300 men whom he killed and so he became a famous he became as famous as the 3 was he not held in great honor than the 3 he became their commander even though he was not included among them and then there was Benaniah but I have a great book on Benaniah called chasing lions chasing lions can you imagine chasing a lion that's what Benaniah did Benaniah chased a lion Benaniah was son of Jehoiada was a valiant fighter from Rabziel who performed great exploits he struck down two of Moab's best men he also went down into a pit on a snowy day, and he killed a lion. And he struck it down. And he struck down a huge Egyptian. Although the Egyptian had a spear in his hand, Benaniah went against him with a club. He snatched the spear from the Egyptian hand and killed him with his own spear. Such were the exploits of Benaniah, son of Jehoiada. He too was as famous as the three mighty men. He was held in great honor than any of the thirty, 
but he was not included among the three. And David put him in charge of his bodyguard. How would you like to have Benaniah as your bodyguard? Huh? The enemy comes at you, a huge Egyptian, right? And he takes a spear from him and he beats him down with his own with a club. And then he turns around and kills him with his own spear. It's a pretty uh pretty uh strong man right there. And then it goes on among the thirty, because King David had thirty-seven, total of thirty-seven mighty men. It just goes on and talks about all the rest of them, names them all down here. The 37 in almighty men. Is God calling you to be a mighty man or woman on his behalf? He's called you to do great and mighty things. Great exploits, great exploits for God. And it says in the Bible that if we just believe in God and in Jesus, that we will do even greater things. Isn't that amazing? To be able to do even greater things, greater things than what these men did, but greater things even than what Jesus did. Because you know what Jesus did when he was on the earth? He went about healing the sick. He went about re, uh, giving sight to the blind, cleansing the leopards, raising the dead. He walked on water. He turned water into wine. Amazing, all the things that Jesus did. And Jesus told us in John chapter 14, verses 12 through 14, he says, verily, verily, very, very truly, I tell you. And if Jesus says, very truly, I tell you, I think we should believe it, right? Like, it's true. Just like, just like these mighty men are not just stories in the Bible. These are real accounts of real things that happen. These are not just stories, but these are real men that did these things. And just like Jesus was a real man who came to earth for us, for the forgiveness of sins, and for our atonement to be right with God by his blood, like we took part of today with communion. But Jesus tells us, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And he will do even greater works. Greater things than these. Because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name. So the Son may bring glory to the Father. And you may ask me for anything in my name. And I will do it. And if Jesus did such great works. Like walking on water. Turning water water into wine, raising the dead, giving sight back to the blind, healing the leopard, and healing many others, casting out demons, then you too are going to do those works, but even greater works. It's so exciting to see what the greater works are going to be. 
Amen? So I think today for church that we should line up here, get all the kids to line up, all the parents with them, and I'm going to anoint you to be a warrior for God. Amen? So let's come on down. Ollie's asleep again. He's out. I'll come over there. Did I from go, Joe? Okay. Well, we'll wait for Ephraim, too. And I'll anoint these guys first, okay? And then we'll close. I just pray right now for each person here and those listening that, Lord God, you would bless them, that we are all called to be warriors in the kingdom of God, those who believe in the kingdom of God. Those who believe in Jesus, those who believe in him, shall do greater things. And we believe this, Lord God, to be. And we just pray your blessings upon your people today as we leave here, that you would be with us, that your Holy Spirit would lead us. And ears and our eyes would be open and our hearts and our minds would be open to receive all that you have for us. We bind up the devil in Jesus' name. We push through him. We push him out of our way to get to the plans and purpose that you have for us. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.